This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up, and living well in the process. And although I'm coming from the perspective of the performing arts, these tips and issues are applicable to all of us, whether we call ourselves artists or not. Living is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, dancer, actor, writer, and educator living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Coast Salish people on the west coast of Canada. In today's episode, I'm going to update you on my current project and the idea of working off the side of one's desk. I'll talk about why we create versus how we create. And I'll share my interview with Vancouver dance artist, educator, fitness maven, and all-around wonderful person, Kate Franklin. Before we get rolling, I want to remind you to please share this podcast. Follow, subscribe. It really does help. Word of mouth really works. And if you enjoyed this podcast, which is advertisement-free, and you'd like to contribute, that's how we keep going, you can go to terrashyann.com, upper right-hand corner, hit donate, super easy, even a little bit helps. I'll put the link in the show notes. And now, notes from the studio, a segment where I talk about where I'm at with my current project. And what I'm dealing with right now is that I've got a whole bunch of other shit to do. So I don't have a lot of time to work on the show that I'm making. So I've been thinking about how do I work off the side of my desk? How do I keep this project on simmer, keep things happening, not lose the thread, even though I can't dedicate full-time weeks to working on the project. A lot of times in the arts, just in life, we're often waiting. We're waiting to find out about funding. We're waiting for studio space. We're waiting to get materials. We're waiting for that invitation for a residency to come through. What do we do in the meantime? One thing that I was kind of enlightened to recently from someone who completely outside the arts, a very business kind of person, the father of of a friend. He said, what does a home run of this project look like? So he was asking me to visualize or talk about what total success would look like. And I realize I don't do this very much. I'm so involved in the minutiae, the logistics, the getting in the studio, um, that sometimes I don't cast my mind into the future pie in the sky. Well, what would like a home run look like? Especially because I'm really not super familiar with baseball. So, um So that's something I thought, well, that's something I actually can think about while I'm not putting all my focus on this project, on this show that I'm making. It's not going to premiere for another year. I'm waiting to find out about funding. I'm waiting to get space. Um, My cast isn't available right now. There's so many little things kind of waiting to get slotted in. What a great time, actually to really think about what it looks like. Something I've realized lately, and you might have the same experience, is because there's so much noise in our lives, um, we're looking at our phones, our computers, it's fast, there's not empty time. And as we know, in terms of creativity, in whatever field you're in, you need the empty space, you need to allow yourself to kind of get bored, 
to not check your email again or Instagram again. Um, and of course, in that voice, obviously. Um, so how can you build in time to just let go? For me, it's been, what if I just walk to wherever my destination is without my headphones on? I'm not going to check my phone. I'm not going to talk on the phone. I'm just going to walk. And I might set myself a goal. Maybe my goal is, like I said, visualizing how this show that I'm making, how does success look? And I'm looking at um, or thinking about not only like what will it look like on stage because the way I work, I can't really tell you how exactly it's going to look. I know I have my ideas. I have some visuals in mind. But as I create, you know, comes to it comes to life. I can only imagine it so much. But let me imagine now how the audience is affected, how I'm engaging with the community around the project. I can visualize those things. I can think about, wow, do I want it to go all over the world? And how would I make that happen? How will I make it really resonate with this community um, here in Vancouver? How will I engage with those people that might be in the audience? These are ways I'm thinking about it. You might have different ways about thinking about success. So that's, that's one way of of the concept of working off the side of your desk, keeping something on simmer, even though you can't put your full attention to it. You're, you're keeping it alive. It's, it's getting juicy. Another way is to simply dedicate, whether it's an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes a day or a week, to deal with the minutiae. Now, when we create, I think, a lot of us, you get into the, like, the big, the show, the show, I'm picking about the show. Um, but there's all kinds of other shit you got to get done. You've got to get the list of performers you'd like to invite to participate. You need to get the names of all the theaters that might be interested in your show. Maybe you need a list of props. Maybe you need to notate text. Maybe you need to research. Maybe you need to go over those studio videos you made when you were working on the project last time and you haven't actually looked at them. And there's probably some good material. So can you dedicate those little bits of time? And as some of you know, I'm a big fan of using a timer. Put your timer on an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes, and do some of that. Maybe look up a couple artists that you think might have done work that might relate um, to what you're doing. And something that um, I've heard in a couple different places and I really, really like is can you work into your day, create before you consume? So make something or contribute to whatever the project is that you're doing before you check Facebook, watch Netflix, whatever. So that might be a really great way of keeping this project, this idea, on simmer. Every time you go to consume some content that some other artist, creator has made, oh, I'm just going to take 15 minutes and I'm actually going to look up that painting I was thinking about, which might relate to this. And now for the segment I call Art Police. In this segment, I will give you a, an assignment and talk about maybe how to keep yourself accountable as you work through art making or thinking about art making in your own life. Last episode, I gave you the assignment of collecting yourself, just writing down the ideas, 
the images you're interested in, the little quotation from that book, just start to get in the habit of collecting all these things, not thinking about whether they're good or bad, just collecting. Today, I want to invite you to make some shitty art. Now, years ago, I read a book about the life of Ava Hess, who was a very famous sculptor in the 1960s. And she went through terrible artist block for about five years. She didn't make anything. She was frozen. And then she had a conversation with her mentor who said, and I'm paraphrasing here, just go into the studio and make something really shitty. And she thought, hmm, well, I, I, I can probably do that. So I challenge you. You can probably make something bad. We can all make something bad. Just go and do whatever it is. I was having a conversation with a friend last night who does not identify as an artist, but is always talking about writing this thing and thinking about this bit and playing this music. She's always got this half of her mind drifting towards art making. And as she was talking to me, she was saying, well, I I don't know if it's any good. In fact, I I don't think it's good. And she kind of got involved in, in this line of thinking, which we all do. So I said, do you like doing it? Are you interested in doing this? Do you want to? And she said, well, yeah. And I said, well, that's all you need then. Don't worry about the other stuff. Just make it up and accept that it's not going to be great because it takes a long time to make something great. You know, every once in a while, we all get, you know, I don't know, Obi-Wan Kenobi anoints us with the Jedi oils and we create something amazing, maybe five minutes of something really good. But it really doesn't happen that often. It's just get it down, look at it, refine it, edit it. But for now, your assignment is just to make some shitty art. Just make stuff up. Go in the next time, make something else up. If you're still interested in the thing you made up last time, maybe keep going. But make it a practice. At the end of every week, look back and see if you can accumulate whatever works with your life, whether it's one session of making shit up, maybe it's two or three, maybe it's five, maybe it's five 15-minute sessions. So that's your challenge. Just go make some shitty art. It's going to be great. Get lost in it. Don't worry about it, what it looks like or what it sounds like. And now my interview with the wonderful Kate Franklin. I will put her bio in the show notes because it's long and impressive. I've known Kate, and we talk about this in the interview, for quite some time. Um, We weren't quite sure exactly what year we met, but it's been a while. She's a wonderful person. She's a very, very smart artist, and she's very practical, and I've learned so much from her. Before we dive in, Kate had a correction. She speaks about Bridget in her interview. Um, She speaks about Bridget as the general manager of Toronto Dance Theater, and Bridget was actually the company manager. So wonderful, perfect Kate. And I say that with love, perfect Kate. Wanted to make sure that uh, that correction was made. Here we go. The Mm. Kate Franklin. Whoa. Live in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you're interested, um, my recording studio, my fancy recording studio is actually in our bedroom because there's a lot of soft surfaces, so we get the best sound. It's really nice in here. It's kind of cozy. I really like it. Thanks. Thanks, Kate. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Thanks. So um, we have known each other since 2013. That sounds right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my first memory of you is 
in working class, which is professional level uh, technique class here Mm -hmm. in Vancouver, and you're wearing high-waisted dance pants and a white sweatshirt, and I was like, whoa, who's the babe? (laughs) Whoa, look at those high-waisted dance pants. Wow. That really stuck out. I was like, wow, could I get away with high-waisted dance pants? The jury's still out on that, but. I actually met you, I remember meeting you before that. Really? When I still was a dancer in Toronto, and we were both at the NAC doing Dances for a Small Stage Canada Dance Festival edition. And you were doing um, your Nick character. Oh my God, you're right. What were you doing? I was doing doing a solo that had been made for me by my friend Maciej Mrzewski. And it was like this, it was a solo. I was wearing a leopard print top and some um, short red shorts. So I'm surprised that you don't remember my babeliness. Okay, you know what's funny? (laughs) In my mind, I remember that babeliness. That particular episode, I was so consumed <laughs> with um, a presenter who will remain nameless. <laughs> and what they were going to think of you? No, what they were doing in the front row while oh. I did. So my Nick character for those poor people who are listening, never who have never it. seen Nick. You're deprived. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm Nick's sorry about a, your life. Nick, right? <laughs> this presenter who doesn't have the m- most wonderful sense of humor had um, their arms crossed, and was averting their gaze. Oh, nice, nice. Whilst I was performing. Oh, that's nice. That feels good. Feels really good. Yeah, yes. this is great. <laughs> Thank you, because this, what we do, is so easy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but but you're amazing. You were amazing. Thank you, Kate. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, you had such a hot costume on. <laughs> <laughs> that solo didn't fit on that stage. We really wanted it to. It was, but it did not fit the on that stage. The stage was too small. I was falling off of it on the regular. Like, we, we really wanted that to work. It didn't really work. But Aww. it was fun. Whatever. You know, I met a lot of Vancouver artists yeah. at that show. Did so that was good. Did that influence your choice to move to Vancouver at no, all? No, because I had, already, I had already actually lived here. Like, I was in the mentor program at Belly BC in right. 99-2000. Which is what they used to kind of call like it was not really an apprenticeship because it was still like sort of a student program. You still paid a little bit, to right? Me. And then in like I guess two thousand two thousand one season, I was also in Vancouver, um, trying to become a contemporary dancer. Oh yeah, so when I like I had a little bit of an epiphany that this ballet thing wasn't going to work out. Oh yeah, so I was transforming myself into a contemporary dancer by taking class at Main Dance. And right, where else? Like main dance, and there wasn't a lot of other places. A little to bit take. at Harbor, a little bit at Harbor. Okay, yeah. And uh, and I actually did, I did some of Wenwei's choreography. The first thing he ever did outside of, like when he, um, when he retired from Belly BC as a dancer. Right. And and uh, I ended up doing like a little project with him. That was kind of like one of my first things I ever got paid for. Oh, amazing! So I already I had already lived here. Then I moved. Back to Ontario and moved to Toronto. Spent the last the next ten years there, and then and then came back. Right. Okay. Right. So I kind of already I, I kind of like yeah I sort of knew a little bit about what was happening in Vancouver. Although when I did come back, it was a much changed landscape. Yeah, it really transformed. Yeah. actually, yeah. like from I was living in South America until two thousand. Mm-hmm. I'd been here before that, but then when I came back. It was quite different. And mm-hmm. then when I came back, when you know. Like from I, London. From London. Yeah. Uh, England, not Ontario. <laughs> not a lunatic. <laughs> I actually went to high school in London, Ontario, but that's, we don't even want to talk about that. Sorry, London. I know. Sorry, London. <laughs> Sorry for me. Um, that it, it, it was completely transformed again. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Yeah. How the dance community and I think theater, dance, everything. It was cool. Like, a lot. When I was, because when I left, I was about 21 and I left Vancouver that first time. And I thought to myself, I just didn't see how like a, like a young dancer who was like hungry to like make stuff happen and make their own stuff and collaborate with other young people and like, like really get things going. I didn't see how that, I didn't, I didn't see a way to do that easily right. at that time in right. Vancouver. And in Toronto, that was really happening mm-hmm. at that time. That was like, 
So when I went to Toronto for a couple of workshops, I was like, oh, this is this is kind of where it's at. And then when I came back in 2012, I found, oh my gosh, like young people did find a way to make things happen. And I was seeing like the results of that all over the place. Yeah, it's true, isn't yeah. it? I think there was, um, I feel like when I really started, which was, you know, I don't know, like back in the 1800s, it feels like now, <laughs> um, there was just like companies. And if you mm-hmm. weren't in a company. Mm-hmm. Or if you, want, if you weren't one of those, like a handful of five dancers who got hired a lot for the handful of independent Exactly. Things. Exactly. Yeah. Then you could. Then you were like, oh, I don't really see a way in here. I didn't really see. No. Didn't see a way in at that point. Yeah. And so, so you started out as a total ballet dancer. That's what yeah. you were gonna do. Yeah. And then you went to TDT, Toronto Dance Theater. Yeah. I yeah. I spent that year at Ballet BC then, and I mean, total ballet dancer was never really the thing because I had. I had done a whole bunch of studio dance and competition dance and like I had done oh, yeah. like a lot of musical theater and tap ballet and jazz and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I and that was really strong for me actually. So yeah. when I went to ballet school, I was kind of like one of the dancers who could like do jazz dancing really well out of my cohort. Like right. I wasn't known as like a more diverse dancer or like yeah. more whatever. So full ballerina, yes, but I already I always had this other. Would you say full ballerina plus? Yes, plus elite <laughs> prestige. <laughs> so it was like I always had some other stuff going on, but so yeah, but I did want to be a ballet ballet dancer. I, I got the and I, I fell out of love with it. At the same time, it fell out of love with me. So it's great. It's like a mm. nice little um, conscious uncoupling. Oh. <laughs> love it! Shout out to Gwyneth. Um, and so, the, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going back to Toronto, want to become a contemporary dancer, got an internship at Toronto Dance Theatre, which was a really nice introduction to the whole, to the community. Yeah. Kind of like the community would be like, oh, who's the new intern? Like, it was just kind of a nice way to get to know people who, like, didn't know me. Right. Um, and then I was in Toronto, yeah, for the next 10 years. Like, like I didn't, I didn't get a job at, at TDT, which was also absolutely fine. Was it was it devastating at the time though? Um, I think only in that the dream was gonna die that I would be a company dancer and get taken care of and right. get to go to the same place every day and get my mm. training paid for. And yeah. that was like a hard like I was like, okay, wow, that's a hard thing to, to have die. Cause that was I think we all had that dream. That was like my dream. that was like I wanted that. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I also just wanted to focus on dancing. Mm-hmm. Um but it, no, it was it was amazing. I'm I'm not somebody who was just supposed to focus on dancing and keep her head down and have a schedule and go to a building and have other people take care of me. I'm like, no, I have a lot more. You have a lot more to a offer. lot more to give than that. So yeah. it was like yeah. a total blessing, right? So I got out of there and uh, um, I started working for. I started like just yeah picking up gigs like. Um, that sounds easier. That, that makes it sound a lot easier. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just went out and became like a really successful contemporary no. dancer. Yeah, I don't know. That makes it sound really easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's looking back on it. That's what happened. Isn't that funny? But it's it's true. It like was when awful. But in the moment, it's awful. <laughs> it's like I was really poor. Like really, really poor, and I was like really. Want, I had so much fire in me, and nowhere to put it, and all yeah. that stuff. But it, it, like it, it, things came, things came, and then I also made things come. Like I, right. Um, one of the things I did first was I started producing um, evening length shows full of. Uh, they were called at the Wrecking Ball, so, so I did five oh, yes. programs of them with my yeah. friend Tina Fuchel. And we would put our own work in there. Plus, we'd have all our friends. And it would be like short works by independent emerging choreographers and their dis- interdisciplinary collaborators. Nice. So it's like if you were working, if you were uh, an emerging choreographer working with someone of another other discipline, or you have, maybe you were working in two disciplines yourself. Mm-hmm. God forbid. That's crazy. <laughs> who would do that? I don't know. I don't know who would do that. <laughs> Talking and dancing, anyone? <laughs> and so then you could apply to be in our show. And we, and we, uh, we started in like a little studio and then we built into like like great places like the theater center in Toronto and it was a lot of fun. We did that. Yeah, we did that from like 2002 to 2012. And then um, I did, uh, me and my friend Kate Holden mm-hmm. and our mentor Kate Alton, we decided to 
form together and commission works for ourselves. So it was Kate Holden and myself, we did the writing of the grants and the producing and everything. And right. Kate Alton was involved uh, often as a dancer, as a choreographer, and we got other people in. So we, and we did three programs um, between, I think, 2005 and 2013 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. And they, we got great people. Like, you know, we commissioned Emily Molnar. She made, like, a beautiful duet for us. And we had Mark Boivin. We had Matt Merzhevsky, Valerie Kalem, Melanie Demare. Like, If you don't know who these people are. Yeah, you can Google them. I'll put them in the show notes, <laughs> and then you have your evening planned. <laughs> just great people. Like Canadian we, dance google a phone. <laughs> we just, we did this thing where we were like, we, we, had, we had this company called First Things First Productions, and we, were, we just would sit down and be like, what's our dream? What's your dream? And, and then we would painstakingly make it happen. Right. But when we did get the money together and we did— do all the planning. It was the most, it was, it was like, we were the most empowered that, that we have ever felt. Like just the two of us, it was like, we learned the most. We were, we were those time periods actually working on that stuff were like, it was just so incredible for us. Cause we chose a schedule. We, wow. we picked the studio, we paid our heroes. We, and we put this together. And I was like, when I started, I was 25. And I started oh my doing God. that. It's amazing. It's like, that's so, you're so, in, you're so inspiring. Jay Franklin. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Like but it's, it's that thing about, I think you just, oh, I want this to happen. I want this to happen, mm-hmm. but this didn't work out and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And instead of like having a, you know, a mm-hmm. pout fest, yeah. I mean, you have a little pout fest, oh, for but sure. only for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then just how incredibly satisfying it is to make shit happen. I I really loved it. Like it it wasn't what I had envisioned for myself, but it's the right. way that things went. And um, like I just I learned so much. Like there was this incredible woman, uh, Bridget Cawthry, and she worked. She I think she was like the general manager of Toronto Dance Theater oh, yeah. at the time. Yeah, and she was so cool. And when I told her, like we had a nice relationship, and yeah. I wasn't even working at TDT at the time. I just knew her from being an intern. And I said, I want to produce my first show. Like, will you help me sometimes? And she said, come up here, come up here to the office anytime. Oh. And I was like, Bridget, where do I get postcards printed? And she's like, here, here's the website. I was like, Bridget, how do I alert the press? And she's like, here is TDT's press list. <gasps> Amazing. With, with the names highlighted that you the would be interested you in you. <laughs> and um, like on and on and on. I was like, what do I do, Bridget? What do I do, Bridget? And like, yeah. I just had like, you know, I just had like great help. But anyway, at the same, like, you know, I had all these... I had some other admin jobs too. I was like working for this organization called Series 808. And oh, yeah. they had this series of things called the Alternative Technique Class Workshop. Mm-hmm. So I was in charge of these workshops, which kind of involved me like taking care of visiting artists um, who were coming to teach right. at these workshops. So I got a lot of skills that way that I am yeah. using now. I just how to take care of people. Right. Like how to, how, like when you're employing people and when you're asking people to do things with you. Right. How do you take care of those people? Oh, which is so like that's such an important skill. I think yeah. when you like what just when you say how how do you take care of people? That was big for me and Kate. We're like we want right. to take care of people because then people are going to want to work with you again, and and, and they're going to have a good time. Exactly, and they're going to have good circumstances under which they can right. do the thing that you've hired them to Not do. Not everybody thinks like that. No, I know, it, which is amazing. Yeah, because it does seem so simple. Yes. And I think at any stage of your career, whether you're a dancer or a choreographer or you're trying to get a job, if you just put that in your mind, like, okay, well, how do I take care of yes. the people around me? Yeah. You're going to have a way better time. It's huge. It's, I think it's a really big thing. And, like, uh, I think it's it comforts people to know that you have their back. Oh, massive. Because so much, I think, in this career, there's such of. Uh, Kind of a psychology of like, oof, there's only so much pie. And yeah. This is my slice of the pie. Yeah. Like, back up, my yeah. pie. And also like, also being like, oh, I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm grateful to have this opportunity. So I don't want to ask for too much or yeah. I don't want people to go out of their way. For, I don't know. There's, there, yeah, totally. there's a lot of that too. Like, yeah. just, just a precarious feeling. It's true. And if you have, if you get the feeling like somebody genuinely wants you to be, comfortable and happy yes. so that we can do the best work yeah. we can because then you and can tell me really, what you need I'll get you what you need right you know like as best as I can like what exactly. do you like tell me what you want to see happen here and I will try to you know right th- that was important to us 
You're a special person, Frank. <laughs> um, okay, so and then you— so Then I was also working for lots of people. Yeah. Um, in Toronto, like, some of the ones I worked with for a long time were Keisha to dance. Yeah. Uh, with Alan and Karen, Keisha, and um, William Young. I did a couple of full-length works with William Young. Um, my great friend, Matt Merzewski, Majesh Merzewski, uh I worked with him a lot. I'm going to be forgetting a lot of people. I was like, I worked for like a lot, a lot of, a lot of like little short things. Yeah, little right. Things. Yeah. That um, time in your dance career when you're like doing yeah. so many things, you can't yeah, remember yeah. them all. There's a lot. It's kind of great. There's a lot. Yeah. Intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was great. Lots of nice little, you know, great little tours and some like, yeah, I don't know. Lots of, lots of really good memories. Like, uh, I spent a long time working for Dusk Dances. This, well, we met yes, them too. I'm, yeah. Well, I, it's like we've met for the first time. We met like, a lot. Like four or five times. Yeah. And every time it's like, oh my God, you're Kay Franklin. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Thank God. Yeah, no. We're, we actually, we can <laughs> I stop remember each other now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Dusk Dances, it was an organization I was involved with for a long time too. That was like outdoor performance and lots of touring small town Canada and I think I was involved with dust dances for like seven years or since wow. like seven seasons and I would uh perform things and make things for dust dances and um that was like a really fun wild time too oh yeah mm-hmm. nothing like doing dance out in the out of doors mm-hmm. with the public mm-hmm. so many yeah. wacky things can happen yep. right and they do oh. Yeah. And then, yeah, Meredith and I, I created work with this woman, Meredith Thompson. And we, yeah, we took it even up to um, Inuvik Northwest Territories, this community. That's right. That we did, uh, which is 200 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle, performed outdoors in January. What? With our cast of like 30 people that we gathered from that community. Is there a film of that? There is. It takes place in front of a huge bonfire. Amazing. It's like the huge fire blazing in the background and, and uh, our dance happening in the <gasps> foreground. It's, and I, I saw, I think it's the one you did, or a version yeah, yeah. of it you did in Vancouver, yeah. which was like an instant tears. Yeah, it's kind of like endearing. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little bit of a... Is there a, can, can people find the link to that? Can I put that in the show notes? I don't Is think that, it's like... It's not public. Yeah, I think I don't really like... Because no. as with all this, these things, mm-hmm. or most of them, yeah. I don't archive well. It's an it's a job. It's another job, isn't it? And I don't feel that I I actually don't feel that a lot of videos do justice to they don't the thing that happened. Yeah. So there's like like quite a fair few, and this is not a great thing about me, mm-hmm. but there's a, a lot of my work that uh like can't be seen. It's gone forever. Oh well, it exists with me. And I'm never gonna let. I'd like I don't know. It's just not I good. Know. It's just not a good. I don't have good. I know. Well, I'm, archives. I'm like that. Like, I've had people say, like, like a well, can I, do, I can't come to the show. Can you just yeah. show me the video? Like, well, no, it kind of sucks. Kind of no. Like, no. I especially can... when you were, th- I don't know. Maybe it's a little thing I have to get over, but especially when I was mm. there, it doesn't. It is. Well, it's a conversation. It's a meeting between the audience and the performer yeah. and the performers. Yeah. And it is never going to happen again. I don't feel like. And the video doesn't capture yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not really into it. No. I'm not really into the videos of the things that I've done. No, unless it gets made into an actual film mm-hmm. intentionally. Different. Completely different yeah, thing. that's different. I will link to a couple of uh, clips, a, a film that Kate is in. The, that's from yes. Allison? I Allison love that Beta. one. Allison Beta. I love um, that one. Yes. I love that. It's based on the show How to Be, um, but it's a it's a music video from a band, The Real We, and the song's called all about you. So I, love that video. I will I will link to that. I might link it to actually the one where Mark Stewart does the music. We'll uh-huh, see. But uh-huh. Kate's amazing in it. Okay. Um okay, can I so I'll just say this. Uh whenever I talk to Kate over coffee or whatever, she says something, not just one, but usually a handful of brilliant things. And I'm like madly trying to write them down because <laughs> I know that they're gonna somehow solve all my problems. <laughs> um so I just want to um just wanted to get you to talk about some of these really good ones that you said yeah. recently. So one thing that you said was, I need to have several fulfilling days in a row to know that what I'm doing is going in the right direction. I'm I'm paraphrasing, or as I like to say, terraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that if I think about the times, 
over my career where I kind of almost threw the towel in. Mm-hmm. There were a couple. What had happened was that I didn't, yeah, I didn't have enough fulfilling days in a row. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having any fulfilling days. They weren't, there weren't, there were too many frustrating days in a row. Right. And that's, I mean, it sounds so simple. Too many frustrating days in a row equals, for me, yeah. equals um, I have to change something. Right. And so I guess, like, if I think about those times where I sort of almost m- might have changed careers, like, um, it's either that I had to find a different way to think about what I was doing or I had to to clear some space so that I could, yeah, have more fulfilling days. For me, mm-hmm. for me, a really big important part of that is is training. Like I, I'm I. I like to train in physical disciplines. Yeah, <laughs> like it's an understatement. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> can I just can I just share? Like I love it. A moment. Okay, so imagine the most fit person that you know. Now, times that by about four, and that's Kate. Oh, God. So, I wish. For example, I think you'd done hot yoga. You'd come to my rehearsal, wherein for four hours we did this very, you know, kind of intense, brainy physical score over and over and over and over and over and over. And then she eats her homemade food. It's perfect homemade food. And then I'm like, hey, Kate, what are you doing after rehearsal? I thought I'd go to the gym. <laughs> I had a lot of energy that day. <laughs> That's not a typical day. Right. That's a big one. Like, it's like I do, I really do try to respect how I'm feeling. So if I had, like, if I had been dead tired, like, I, that wouldn't have happened. It was like, I had, a, I remember that day. Yes. I was like rolling. I was like, You yeah. had the energy, so you're yeah, going to yeah. use it. Yeah. I think that's an important thing, you know, just like as dancers, as maybe as I'm speaking to myself as like, you know, middle-aged woman, mm-hmm. um, how fit can I be? Yeah, that yeah. actually like following your your energy oh, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is really important. And I think, yeah. and as dancers, the tendency to feel like if I'm punishing myself, I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. If this is hurting and I'm yeah, dead yeah. tired yeah. and I get home at the end of the day and I've got like lots of floor burn and I have zero energy, yeah. then, oh my God, I've worked hard enough. Yeah. Which is not a great mentality. No. And I mean, I'm going to, I will roll us back to my original point, but now we're on a really good other tangent. <laughs> Kate um, keeps me on task. It's <laughs> another one of her gifts. No, I'll roll it. I'll roll it roll back. Roll it back, at some point. baby. But like you, yeah. I mean, okay. Over like I've like I said, like I've always been like somebody who really, really enjoys being physical. So that mm-hmm. that does come with that can be that can be confusing at different times because yeah, if you are if you need it, like yeah, it can yeah, you can learn that. Okay, I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm over and over again yeah, to respect my body's needs for rest. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it really, your body, my body will tell me when it's, right. when it needs a break and it will tell me louder and louder and louder until I pay Until attention. you do it. Yeah. Right. So, and, but it's, it's hard. Yeah. It can be really hard because that's, I love endorphins and I love, progress like the feeling of progressing at something and I love uh, sensation yeah um and so for people like that it can limits can be tricky it's true limits can be really really tricky yeah because you know what there are there are limits oh yes (laughs) and like you you can trust your body to let you know where those are but you have to be listening Totally. Yeah. And I think you can, um, I think you can, you can, uh, you can push through a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. then there will be a, 
like something that you can't push through anymore. And then that's, that's a very, in, that's a super interesting moment, which I'm, I'm actually at right now. Right. Because you've just yeah, injured just, yourself. Yeah, I just kind of hurt myself like uh, almost two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, and that, like, it's usually like, I don't usually have like pain, like events like that. Like I usually mm-hmm. have like low level pains and, right. that are actually quite chronic um, that are just part of my life yeah. now. But I, yeah, I usually don't have these like hard stop, like put on the brakes kind of things. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's like a, my friend Edan Cohen, um, he said some great things to me. He said, like, just, just a couple, what, like, as I was doing his piece and I, right. not when I got hurt, but um, I had to, I had to actually back out of a studio showing of his. And he said, injury is a time to honor the body, not to be frustrated at the body. Ooh, that's good. And he also said that um, we work with this like fragile human body. And if, if like that these things happen, that's all part of it. And if we didn't want that to happen, we might as well be working with machines or computers or something like that. Like it's like, mm. this sort of like, this is what, right. this is part of what we do. It's part of the vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And the risk and the yeah the kind of the genius yeah and how and wow. how special it is when mm-hmm. everything is kind of going well I guess mm-hmm. but but when things don't go well it's also part of the journey of things going well because I'm I'm going to learn a lot from this particular injury right a lot I already am and it's already it's already healing like really well and yeah um and I'm already learning a lot but yeah like so yeah back to the like. Um, f- getting getting your days. fulfilling days in a row. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I think that's just like, I think you just have to pay attention to that in your life. Like, or I do. If if mm-hmm. there are too many unfulfilling, frustrating days in a row, and I don't know what number that is. I think it's probably different for everybody, yeah. right? Like, and what, different what can for, you put up with? Maybe I could go two years at one point in my life, and maybe I have less patience at another time. Yeah. Maybe I can only go 10 days, like, 10 days of frustration. You know, yeah. before I'm like, um, it is now time for me to change something. Right. And I'm not saying, and, and that wasn't like when I toyed with the idea of changing careers, but it didn't happen because like some, either something changed or I changed something. Right. So like, you know, I don't want to do like this kind of job anymore. Uh, I want to open up free time for my training. That's That's kind of like what I was like, if I can... I don't even need a dance job. As long as you're dancing. As long as I can dance. Totally, right? Yeah. I think you referred to going to dance class as church. Totally. Which I, when you said that, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And it sets me up. Totally. And it I think. It tunes me in, like touches me down. It's community. Yeah. It's like yeah. good music. Yeah. Um, most of the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of teachers who play some questionable music, but <laughs> we're not talking. About we're not gonna. Not naming. But names. your classes, you play really good. Well, I Radio play head. exactly what I want to play. Oh, beautiful! So there was a time when I was like, "Ooh, what's the right thing to play?" Well, yeah, there was a time, and I was also like, "Oh, nobody can, nobody can know that I secretly like Britney Spears. Like, it's not cool." <laughs> Isn't it great getting older? And oh yeah, I'm like, I'll, I don't, fucking I don't care. fucking care. I don't care. Like, I'll. Let's I'll play go. the trashiest shit. Oh, I know. I love it. A little, little little Timberlake for you. Anything. Dig I mean, in. whatever I like, like, and what whatever I truly like. So I'm, you know, and I think this is okay. This is the thing too. Like with teaching, like I taught yoga for probably I don't know ten years as well. I don't wow. do it anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I think for for a long time, and maybe this is with creation too. You can really be like, or I can, I did. I was like, um, what do people need? What are people going to like? I'm like trying to anticipate mm. a product or a, or a right. gift that everybody's going to like. Ooh. And then uh, I realized that all I have to do is make the thing I like. Right. <laughs> Isn't that like revolutionary? I know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody, uh, a director I know said, if you see a performer on stage enjoying what they're doing, mm-hmm. y- you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Whether you maybe like the yeah. content or not, yeah. there's going to be some enjoyment. Yeah. 
I feel like it's such a simple thing, yeah. but it isn't necessarily simple to realize. No, I think it, it was like, I had to realize that if I make what, what I want, mm-hmm. then um, the people who think like me will be happy. I can guarantee that some people, yes, like I'll make it clear what I'm doing mm-hmm. so that the people who want to do that can come find it. Exactly. Instead of muddying it with a whole bunch of things to try to please everyone, and then nobody knows what it is that what it I'm is doing. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And that's like that's such a gift too, because it's then it's like you're going to actually give us Kate. Yeah. Who's fabulous, and what a and that is so generous. Actually, that's a lot more generous. And I also think that it's if. You can make yourself pretty unconcerned about criticism that way. Right. Because you're focused on making yourself happy. I don't care. No. I don't care if it didn't work for that person or that person or that person. That person doesn't like my class. I don't care. No, it doesn't matter because there's, if you focus on the people who are enjoying it and and loving it. And myself. Right. I think it's good. I love your class. (laughs) Best time. (laughs) The best time. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like, it's a uh, it's a relief. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to have Kate back on the show because there's so many things to talk to Kate about. Um, can you leave us with? So last time we talked, you said there was oh yeah there was three things that mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. that you have a practice of, mm-hmm. and the first one is. I think you do it this at the end of every day. Different times. Begin- it doesn't, okay. You write down or think about three things you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. One thing you're excited about mm-hmm. and one thing you're proud of. Mm-hmm. And proud of has to be recent. Like it has to be last, a recent. And it can't be like, it's like ace that, you know, chem test in grade 11. Yeah, that no. doesn't count anymore. You can't use that every day. No. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to do mine for today? Like, yeah, like that what be, I would do right that now? That would be really good. Okay, cool. Okay, I am grateful for um, being able to vote. Mm-hmm. It's voting day today. Yeah. I'm going to go vote after this. Um, I'm grateful for uh, that my body heals and is resilient. And I'm grateful, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the people who have helped me um, during this, this little injury that I've had. All the people that have helped and all the people who've been, who've just sent me little notes and stuff. Mm. So I guess community. Right. And um, like my team of mm. amazing healing people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was number, wait. Those were your three. Oh, I, three? I did it. Voting. Voting. Oh, just healing power healing and team. Healing power and team. Oh, do I have one more? Go one more. Um, grateful for my job, the, the work that I do at Modus Operandi. Yeah. Okay, so those are gratefulness. Those are good. And, okay, so then it's like, oh yeah, one thing I'm ex- excited about. Yeah. I'm excited for Valerie Kalem to come to, to uh, Vancouver. <laughs> she's, she's coming from Toronto to Vancouver. I'm excited for her to come and work with MO and then also teach the community and for us. Oh, is, is she teaching? Mm-hmm. Working she's going to teach at working class. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like the last week of November, I believe. Perfect. And for us to show the solo that we made together, she made for me you know, with my collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's called Gotta Go Church, and it's at Dance in Vancouver, November... 20th. I'm not sure if it's November open 20th. to the public or what. I'm, con- I'm confused yeah. about it. It's during the day. I don't know. If you can get in. It's really <laughs> amazing. It's killer. It's killer. I'm just excited for people to be exposed to Val's work. Mm-hmm. Very excited. And then um, the last thing is something I'm proud of. Yeah. Okay, that's the hardest one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the hardest one. I'm proud that I made an effort to go see a really dear friend of mine dance on the weekend. Mm. So it was out in this theater in West Van. 
was the Margie Gillis oh, right. show. Yeah. And my friend Neil Sikowski, we started as interns at TDT together. And uh, I'm really, like, I'm proud of me and Neil for keeping our relationship. And, like, I'm proud that I showed him how much he meant to me this weekend. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm proud of my, of that friendship, of the, that it kept alive, like, um, over so many years so of many not years. seeing each other. Yeah. yeah. Those friendships are so special. Yeah. It is really yeah. special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think those are good things to leave us on. Cool. I think that's a really good practice and I will for sure have you back because there's, there's so much wisdom <laughs> to be gained from Kate Franklin. Um, so you are performing a lot at Dance in Vancouver, mm-hmm. November 2019, if you happen to be listening to this in October 2019. Mm-hmm. If it's after, you better just look for Kate's name <laughs> wherever you can and see her perform because she's really outstanding and an outstanding teacher and a thinker and an educator and um, a dear friend. And I'm really grateful that you were here. Thank you so me much. Today. Thanks for having me on. I'm a really big fan of this podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. and that's it thank you so much for listening please remember to subscribe follow share visit terrashyann.com and donate even a little bit helps spread the word you can get in touch with us at terrashyanntcp on instagram and Performance on facebook Thank you so, so much to Kate Franklin for taking the time to sit down and have a really good chin wag. Thank you so much to producer, composer of this podcast, Mark Stewart Music. And this podcast is a production of Tara Cheyenne Performance. Remember, don't give up. Just make some shit up. This podcast is effing good. good.